Thank you for joining us for the Grace Abounds podcast. Today we will be joining John Lanier as we survey the scriptures, pulling out themes as the Lord leads. We pray that you are blessed and encouraged as you grow in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus. And we're back at it again, looking at uh, what is a continuation of chapter 10 of the book of Acts. Uh, we were looking at God's grace being for everybody and how uh, the revelation to Peter and to the Jews as a whole that were in the church, how God was moving to reach the Gentiles around them, to reach the, all the nations. That God's heart has always been for as many people as possible to come into the kingdom and so when you get to chapter 11 the same it's the same thing that continues um, so let's let's get into it here and I'll just point out a, a few things as we go this uh, says uh, chapter 11 of, of the book of Acts verse 1 says now the apostles and the brethren who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God so there, <laughs> again, it, it's such a new thing for them to understand how God's Spirit was being poured out on, on everybody around them, not just for the Jews. And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, because remember Peter had uh, visited Cornelius and his whole house got saved. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit. They got baptized in water. And God was just on the move doing amazing things. Peter went up to Jerusalem and immediately he was uh, faced with uh, contention. It says uh, those of the circumcision contended with him saying you went into uncircumcised men and ate with them. They were, they were appalled by it. They were, um, it, it wasn't the tradition for Jewish people to sit at a table with um, Gentiles to share uh, fellowship and break bread and, and uh, you know, rub shoulders with other people, uh, and and God was in the midst of all of that tradition, breaking down those walls and saying, "My grace is for everybody." And Peter, remember, he he said, obviously looking at it, um, at first he was a little taken back. God had to come to him in that, that vision and show him that Peter, rise, kill, eat, enjoy the fellowship that God has offered in the, in His grace to everybody and so Peter is here he's 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 being confronted by it and and uh, of course he's going to get into it in a moment what had happened how the Lord spoke to him but um, you know these people are just um, not quite understanding it and so Peter's going to have to explain uh, but it, it just brings up another point about uh, the church is to be a place where Everybody gets to sit down at the table and receive all that God has for them. And that we can't be a respecter of persons. We can't show partiality. God is not uh, one who shows partiality. We have to extend a hand of fellowship to everyone and invite them in. Now, if somebody rejects it and wants nothing to do with it, that's on them. But we don't get to give people the Heisman and hold them at arm's distance. That's just not the way it works in God's kingdom. 
God wants to give his grace to everybody that will receive it. So, Peter's sitting here with these people, and then he explains to them from the beginning, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, an object descending like a great sheet let down from heaven by four corners, and it came to me. And when I observed it intently and considered, I saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and the birds of the air. And I heard a voice saying to me, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. That was the Lord speaking to him. But I said, Not so, Lord. <laughs> He's uh, typical Peter fashion. He starts arguing with God. And uh, he says, For nothing common or unclean has at any time entered my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven what God has cleansed you must not call common now this was done three times and all were drawn up again into heaven and at that very moment three men stood before the house where I was having been sent to me from Caesarea then the spirit told me to go with them doubting nothing moreover this these six brethren accompanied me, accompanied me and we entered the man's house and he told us how he had seen an angel standing in his house, who said to him, Send men to Joppa, and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who will tell you the words by which you and all your household be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them, as upon us at the beginning. So Peter recognized, as he was speaking, that the Spirit was coming upon them in the same way it had revolutionized his heart and his life. And so he's link, he sees the linking up of arms with the Gentiles by the Spirit of God. Then I remembered the word of the Lord, and this is important, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So the era that was ushered in in the book of Acts by Jesus, because Jesus said that you'll receive the gift of the Father, which is the empowerment of the Spirit, the coming upon of the Holy Spirit. As God saves people, he also offers the baptism, the coming upon of the Spirit of God into our lives to empower us for service, to empower us and enable us to serve the Lord. And Peter is making that connection with how the Lord worked in him and those others that were with him on the day of Pentecost to now the continuation of that outpouring of the gift of the Father to the church and to these people, the Gentiles. He says, If therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God? That is such an important point. What Peter is saying is making the connection, again, back to the gift of the Father that Jesus promised and the gift of the Spirit coming upon, he says, who are we to stand in the way? In other words, who am I to, to fight against God and his promises and his work and his mission on the earth to save people and to give them power? I'm not going to get in the way of that. That's what Peter's saying. You guys are contending with me. You're fighting against me about this, but I'm telling you, this is something God is doing and I need to get out of the way and allow him to do what he does. That's what Peter's saying. I'm not going to withstand God. 
So when they heard these things, they became silent and they glorified God. That's good. It's a good thing when God's working that we not get in the way and we stand stand there silent before the Lord and allow the Lord to do his thing. And that's what they did. They glorified God saying, then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. This is an important lesson for the church. It's not just for what the Jews were going through with this transformation of their thinking and their mind, but in, in our understanding of how God wants to work in the church is that we need to yield to the Spirit of God. When God is working and when God is moving by His Word and His Spirit being poured out, our job is to get in the flow of that and not resist it. When God is doing something in our lives, we're to surrender to that work and allow Him to do what He wants to do in our lives and not try to dictate to God what we think He should do in our lives. Um, I hope that's making sense. So in other words, um, just like these people are learning in the early church, that if God wants to grant somebody repentance that we may not necessarily think deserves it or should be a part of it, we, we need to get out of the way and, and just let the Lord do what He's going to do and, and actually be more open to the Spirit of God and what God wants to do through us and in us and in pouring out His Spirit of blessing to to whoever would call on Him. Now, those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch. That's the spreading of the gospel because of the dispersion after the, uh, the persecution against the church. They were preaching the word to no one but the Jews only, but some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene who, when they had come to Antioch, they spoke to the Hellenist, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Then news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. And when he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad, and he encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. For he was a good man full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. And then Barnabas departed from Tarshish to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people, and the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. That's interesting. I like that. In these days, prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch, then one of them named Agabus stood up and showed by the Spirit that there were going to be a great famine throughout the, all the world, which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in Judea. This they also did and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. And this is what I want to do, gathering our thoughts for a moment as we kind of close chapter 11. What's interesting to me is we're talking about the joining together of people of different cultures and different people groups of the world to this movement, the church, and, and 
it said there that the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Antioch is a interesting um, place, and, and we'll get into that more as we move on and talk about um, the church, because the church was such a vibrant church in Antioch. God was doing amazing things, but it took a man like Barnabas to come and be the bridge builder in the early church while the Lord was moving in this way because remember there's there's a there was a little bit of resistance Peter had to be a part of breaking down that wall and even the resistance in his own heart to the reaching out to others but if you remember earlier in the church when Saul got saved Barnabas was called upon by the Lord to be a bridge builder when the disciples didn't really trust that Saul was truly converted they were afraid because he had persecuted the church and yet Barnabas was there to tell the, the church no 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 he's truly saved he's a man of God now um, bring him in and, and Barnabas was a guy that the Lord used in the early church and, and this is what I love about him and I pray that there's more bridge building people in the church like Barnabas he was a, a son of encouragement. He was a person who would walk into the room and try to join as many people into what God was doing that he possibly could. So God had called upon Barnabas to be a man that says here that was full of the Holy Spirit, full of faith, to come alongside the church and, and bring as many people into the fold of the church and what God was doing as possible. Taking people who were different and saying, hey guys, let's get together and let's work together for the common good of preaching the gospel, discipling the church, raising up leaders, and doing the work of the ministry. So as I was thinking about this, um, my prayer and something that I desire for my own life is to be a Barnabas, to be a bridge builder, to be a, a dude that just can walk into a circumstance and situation and pull people together in that leadership capacity. Uh, people of different denominations and different ways of thinking and, and going about studying the Bible. And, and uh, you know, I just... I want to be that person that can build a bridge versus burn a bridge, if, if that makes any sense. Um, I think as I e examine and look at, especially with the age of the internet, there's too much burning of bridges. and people holding each other at arm's distance and not wanting to enter into uh, tight fellowship, especially if we don't necessarily think alike denominationally. And my prayer in my heart is that I can be a bridge builder like, like this man Barnabas, who was able to work in a capacity in the early church that brought people together rather than push people apart. And the Lord used him mightily because of it. And we see here, because Antioch would be, like I said, one of those critical p 
pieces to the expanding of the kingdom of God in the early church and out into the rest of the world. Uh, and, and the Lord would use that city and that church that was planted there to reach thousands more. But it was because one man was raised up by the Lord and was willing to walk into a room and speak encouragement and blessing and disciple people by joining arms and saying, guys, let's do this together. I believe that the church is stronger when we work together, not against each other. And when we decide to pray for one another instead of throwing stones at one another and encouraging each other by the Spirit and by the Word and not stabbing each other with the Word and, and uh, ridiculing each other. Well, that's truly my prayer for the last days that we have on this earth, whenever the Lord would come back, that the church would be a, a place of mending broken hearts, not injuring each other, and being those bridge builders that would uh, propel the church into the future. May God bless you. If you don't know Jesus and you want to come into a relationship with him, he's stirring your heart, he's stirring your mind. You know, Jesus went to the cross. He left the, the glories of heaven. He left everything that's perfect and right. And he came into this cesspool of sin and disease and everything that's affected by the cause of rebellion against him by, by mankind. And Jesus left all to come and rescue. He says that he came to seek and to save the lost. He lived the life on this earth that was perfect. He died a sinner's death on the cross for us in our place, for our sin. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And then he rose again from the dead, walked the earth, was taken back up into heaven. And he sits in power, ever living to make intercession for the church. That same Jesus wants to save you. And he said that whoever would put their hope in him would not be disappointed. That whoever would confess their sin would be forgiven, cleansed from unrighteousness. That whoever would call upon the name of the Lord would be saved. That whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So if that's you, the decision's yours. Would you like to follow Jesus? Pray a simple prayer of faith to him. Say, I, I, I need Jesus. I need salvation. I need to be saved from my sin. And he will come into your life. And not only come in, he will become your Lord. And he'll take you on a journey of faith until he takes you home to be with him. So if that's you, ask him to come. Ask Jesus to be your Lord. And if you do that, hit me up on Twitter. I'd like to hear your story. My Twitter handle's at J-W-A-L-T-L-A-N-I-E-R, J. Walt Lanier. Love to hear from you, and God bless. What an awesome time in God's Word. 
If you'd like certain topics covered or you have questions about the Bible, I'd love to hear what they are. If you could, hit me up on Twitter at jwaltlanier is my Twitter handle at j-w-a-l-t-l-a-n-i-e-r and just drop those questions or topics on there and we will cover those during our Blue Chair Talks. God bless. We are so glad that you joined us today. Don't forget to subscribe so that you can join us for further studying of the word. Have a blessed day.